Welcome to Energy Radio. This is episode 58. And uh, today we cast our eyes upward and we uh, look at the sun and uh, we talk about solar thermal. But first, uh, welcome to my co-host, Lisa Katz. Welcome. Hello, Matt. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's been a while since we've done it. It has, and we're doing it in person here in our St. Catharines <laughs> yes, office, this, which is fun. This is good. This yeah. is good. So hopefully we can uh, knock the rust off and get back into the groove. Uh, and to join us today, we have uh, all the way from Europe, from Sweden, Carlos Semerero from Absolicon. Carlo, welcome to Energy Radio. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Lisa. Nice to be part of your uh, Energy Radio. It's a pleasure to have you. And we've had um, many conversations, uh, you and I and you and others on the team and uh, CEM and Absolicon are are working on something. We'll kind of keep it at that. I think <laughs> for today, we'll, te we'll tease the audience. But uh, let's first uh, talk about you, Carlo, and tell us, tell our listeners about yourself and part of your, you know, tell us about your career and, and then bring us to how you got to Absolicon. Yes, thank you, Matt. And uh, as you, uh, as you said, I'm, I'm currently I'm in Sweden, but as you can see, say, listen from my accent, I'm Italian. And uh, I'm uh, working in Absolicon as a, a chief sales officer. And previous, my experience was more in the uh, big industry like automotive, uh, steel, and the aluminum in industry. But three, three, almost four years ago, I, uh, I met uh, our CEO, uh, and I met the reality of Absolicon on the solar thermal sector, and I, I get inspired and uh, start to love this new sector that now is uh, starting. The market uh, uh, four years ago was there was no market. Uh, industry doesn't have the uh, alternative to switch from fossil fuel to a, a new uh, renewable uh, heat source. And now the industry is getting uh, to know uh, new new possibility. Solar thermal is one of these. So this was my career in short. Excellent. And uh, so, Carlo, this is actually the first time I'm meeting you. Oh, I, really? Yeah. No way. Interestingly cool. enough, I know you've had lots of conversations with Matt and Martin, but uh, for my benefit and obviously for the listeners' benefit, talk to us a little bit about Absolicon. Uh, obviously, you guys are doing solar thermal, but talk to us a little bit beyond that. Like, how long have you been in business for? And and you know what does the company do and you know all that good stuff yes and i, I must say that the, the first thing sweden when you think about sweden you don't think about sun but <laughs> <laughs> we are a swedish company in the uh, solar uh, business in the solar thermal business so this is something uh, that should uh, keep you in mind that the mm -hmm. We, since 20 years, because uh, the history of Absolicon started in the beginning of 2000 with uh, our CEO, Joachim Bistrom, uh, he started to uh, see uh, that uh, something needs to change in the uh, uh, energy, uh, energy industry, how the industry will get the energy and use the energy. So he was starting to have this idea to develop a, a small parabolic trough in order that this technology should deliver uh, heat to uh, industry and to the uh, big municipality. And Absolicon for the first 15 years was an R&D company. 
So he developed the concept of the solar uh, small uh, <coughs> parabolic trough and developed how this concept that is a old concept because uh, solar thermal is uh, ages that are around in the world, but nobody uh, started to think how we can commercialize, commercialize it in order to be competitive against fossil fuels. So he dedicated, and our team dedicated the first 50 years on R&D side to understand how we can uh, arrive to um, commercialize a, a product that can be competitive, reliable, and uh, scalable, because this is what the, uh, the, the industry <coughs> are, uh, are looking for. And after 15 years, we achieved this point with uh, a different certification, and that uh, uh, like Solar Keymark certification, that is a European certification, with a method that we can mass produce the collector <coughs> using ABB um, robot. So it's a reliable method and uh, reducing as much as we can the cost of installation and operation. So in the last four years, let's say, we have a uh, uh, change the company from an R&D com uh, company to a business company. So now we are uh, working to uh, deploy the technology and the concept of solar center uh, or solar thermal <coughs> in the world, uh, 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 focus on uh, deliver solar, uh, the solar heat for industrial processes, changing their energy mix from fossil fuel to solar, using solar. Talk to us, Carlo, before we get specific necessarily on your technology, talk to us about the broad array of solar thermal. I think we, we talk a lot about solar PV. I think that's well known to the market, how that works. But are there, you know, give us a general definition of solar thermal and then talk to us, are there a couple different types of, you know, technologies that are at play in the solar thermal industry? Yes. And uh, I will start with an example that uh, everybody else can understand. <coughs> so think about, uh, about when you enter your kitchen and your toilet. You need uh, to switch on the uh, light, and this is the PV, on and off. You know that uh, in one action, you correspond one result. So the PV is a plug-in solution that uh, you need something, you plug in, and you will have a result. Solar thermal. You enter in the room when you can see, and after you decide the temperature of your tap, the mm -hmm. temperature of your tap is different. So it's not, you need to decide what you, uh, you want, the, the request or the demand that you will have. So it's not just a, a on and off, but it's depending on what you are looking for. Uh, and using this correlation, we can uh, I will describe a little bit more about the solar thermal. So solar thermal, understanding this example that there are different temperatures, is not solar thermal is only one technology. It's uh, one sector of, sol of, sol of solar where uh, based on the temperature that you need, there are different technologies. Instead of PV, you have different brands that are giving the same technology. Uh, so if you look, uh, we can divide in three main categories of temperature, low temperature, medium temperature, and high temperature. Low temperature are technology below 90 degrees Celsius. Sorry, I'm talking with European 
No, we like Celsius <laughs> too here in Canada, so you're okay, Carlo. <laughs> 90 degrees Celsius, you can find a vacuum tube or flat plate. These uh, uh, technology are solar thermal technology, but are delivering temperature from 40 degree to 90 degree. So they are you, uh, take, uh, using as primary source of energy the solar <coughs> and transforming uh, uh, the, wa the cold water in hot water. And these are previously, uh, the main purpose of this technology is to provide hot water to residential uh, and private uh, householding. And after we move to the medium temperature, the medium temperature are between, uh, we, we say, higher than 90 degrees Celsius to 200 degrees Celsius. And here <coughs> we can find a small parabolic trough, like a solicon, and Fresnel system. And this, this uh, solar thermal technology, again, are uh, providing uh, hot water uh, or hot air or steam in the range of temperature that I said before. So higher than 90 degrees below uh, to 200 degrees. The Fresnel can, can go also higher, but let's say that it's in the start in, in this range. And here is the range where many of the industrial processes are requiring, uh, uh, are requiring uh, um, uh, steam and uh, hot water. So this is uh, where the big uh, in industrial consumption is when we talk with, uh, for example, food and beverage textile. And after we have the high temperature, so above 200 degrees, where there is still Fresnel that can provide a temperature steam to higher 200 degrees. Also, we have a big parabolic trough that is called CSP, collector uh, CSP, yes, solar collector uh, uh, parabolic uh, that are used to generate uh, electricity, not heat. Uh, we have a, a dish, solar dish, that are, can generate up to 400 degrees, and also solar tower that they are collecting up to 1,000 degrees Celsius to, mm. again, generate electricity. So they say that <coughs> the low temp, the solar thermal with for low temperature are generating hot, uh, hot water for residential part. The medium temperature are generating steam and hot water for uh, common industrial processes. And the higher temperature are for uh, producing generating electricity <coughs> and also for giving heat for uh, uh, big uh, the industry with uh, uh, high uh, request of high temperature like uh, cement uh, and uh, uh, steel industry and so on. And so Carlo, where does Absolicon fit into that? Like, do you guys deal with the medium and the high temperature or do you deal with all three areas? Absolicon is in the medium. In the medium, is, uh, okay. Is uh, uh, providing temperature between 90 degrees and 200 degrees. 200, Celsius. right. So okay. our focus uh, process it for uh, the the industry like food and beverage, textile, uh, and uh, pharmaceutical, and so on. Right. Okay. And the the high temperature that's we, we see those pictures on the internet or news releases of all these 
it looks like people at a concert facing the, the the center stage. It's all these these panels that are reflecting it back up to a central tower. Is that when you say yes, high temperature? Also, that type yes, of- there are different also solar thermal, and this is one of the mm, uh, are massive uh, installation. So Martin, I learned a term the other day from Martin, um, and it's called direct normal irradiation. I think I think you guys refer to it as DNI. Why Martin was describing this to me, and I'd love for you to describe why it's so important in the solar thermal space, and and well, essentially how it impacts your product or or the uh, the sale of your product in various regions. Yes, and also here I have a story to share with you. My first day of Absolicon, I entered the door. The first thing that my CEO gave to me was the, the DNI uh, oh. map and say, look, where is red? We need to sell. Where is, uh, <laughs> where is green? Skip it. Oh. So, red means that uh, you have high DNI and uh, green is, uh, where is very low. And just to, to give to you some input, uh, Sweden is outside the map. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we are in the gray zone of the map. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and that term, though, like what does that actually mean? The term means that uh, is the amount of solar radiation received per unit area by a uh, surface. So <clears throat> how the direct uh, sun rays or, uh, is uh, uh, touching your, the surface in perpendicular way. This is uh, the direct uh, normal irradi- irradiance uh, meaning. So, so where does Canada stand on this? You know, is are they in the red? Are they in the green? Are they in the yellow? Like where, where uh, are they? To, as far as to give a, an example, you are in the same. Uh, you have the same property of France. So oh, okay. uh, you are uh, in a, in a range of from one thousand to one thousand seven hundred. So you are. Uh, like a, a South Europe, uh, South Europe country like France, and this was also I was never taking consideration uh, Canada in the beginning because I had the picture in my mind. Ah, Canada, snow uh, is uh, cold, but <laughs> you have a, a lot of you are in. If you look a map, is yellow and uh, orange. So you are uh, in a like Europe, uh, and Europe you you okay. have a, a quite good radiation. And at the risk of getting a little technical, going back to perhaps our uh, 11th grade physics class, you you know, all of us have sun most of the day, but is it really the sun? But but the angle is really like, you know, if you picture, if we go back to maybe this is grade nine science with astronomy, like where you are in the equator and the tilt of the earth and like, is the angle the biggest factor in the DNI, Carlo? It is the angle, but also is the pollution. Ah. Mm. And, uh, uh, and there are all the factors because there are all these uh, micro molecules that, uh, in the air that also, uh, there is a lot of physics now, but if, yes. if the race is touching something uh, during is the path towards the, the ground, it, it, it will reflect. So it will lose the uh, the power okay during all his path so uh, uh, of course it is uh, uh, higher in the equator because it's more perpendicular the sun rays and lower in in the stream part of, of, of the world but there are more 
these are the main uh, the, is, this is the main factor but thanks to the fact that uh, uh, for example uh, uh, the, in solar thermal there are uh, technology with tracking system like uh, absolute one you can uh, follow the inclination of the uh, sun rays during the day so mm -hmm. you will not lose any uh, potential power you will always get the maximum on the location thanks that you are following the the, the sun and does the dni change based on seasons as well carlo like the summer versus the winter for of example course, in because, Canada, because you have the high sun higher versus lower yes now okay. we are coming in a very nice night uh, weather in, in in sweden for two months we will not have sun <laughs> but in Sweden uh, uh, is the best part of the world in summer because we will have 24 hours of summer or sun in the summer. So mm. for this reason uh, is uh, and I don't know if you uh, if you know it, but in all the parts of the world we have the same amount of hours of sun. Mm. It depends the distribution. Right. Right. Mm. So, so based on this DNI factor, is the, are there certain places then that you're seeing greater interest than others? Are there, are the, is it driven by financial incentives? Like, where, what areas of the world are you seeing the most deployment of solar thermal? And here I give you now the second round with my CEO. If when I enter, he gave to me the map of the DNI after two years that I was in Absolicon and understood how the business was developing, I went to him with another map, the cheap money map, where the money is cheap, I say, <laughs> now we follow this map. <laughs> because oh, you don't have to follow only the DNI. We have an installation here in Sweden where for three months, we, we don't have a sun. So it's not important where is the sun. But the combination, the DNI, and how you can have a, a cheap finance, financial support, how you can have maybe subsidies, and how much expensive the fossil fuel. So, <clears throat> in why we have an installation here in Sweden, more than one installation in Sweden, because uh, uh, even if the, the field is not working for three months because we don't have sun, uh, in summer, it's working a lot, and the Swedish authority and, and the Swedish mechanism of, of financing is allowing us to have a good business case. Mm -hmm. While, for example, if you go in, in our country, in uh, maybe Africa, where the, the DNI is very high, but the um, political situation is unstable, so it means that uh, nobody will go there to, to, to put, put to, to put any investment, uh, you you have a good DNI, but you can't do anything there. Mm. So talk to us, Carlo. Now let's get more specific around Absolicon and your technology. Going to walk us through. We've talked about solar thermal. You're in that medium temperature category. We've talked about DNI before today. For me, DNI meant diversity and inclusion, um, <laughs> but that's quite different. Yeah. So we've talked about DNI. We've talked about, you know, solar thermal. You're, talk to us about your technology. You said you spent 15 years doing R&D. 
obviously you came up with one or two things as a result or you wouldn't still be here. So talk to us in general terms about um, your technology, how it works, how it ties into the industrial types of plants you uh, you work with. Give us a, a Coles notes or a summary of your technology. Yes, <clears throat> our technology uh, is a small parabolic trap. So is a, you need to think is a, the dimension is 5.5 square meter. So it's a, it's small to be a, a solar therm, the typical solar thermal that you were describing before, big, big uh, installation is the collector is, is small itself and is made uh, uh, by a production line because we develop a production line to produce one collector in six minutes. Before, mm. before that, we were producing two collectors per day. Uh-huh. And if you want uh, to uh, uh, engage with uh, uh, multinational like we are doing now, we are a pilot ongoing with Casberg, we are talking with uh, ABMBEV uh, with different uh, um, solutions around the world. Um, you need to produce volumes and uh, reliable volumes. So we, thanks to our production line, we uh, increase the reliability, increase the volume. And the, the, the collector is uh, uh, finished uh, in the, um, after six minutes and tested on site. So uh, on our production line. Tested mm-hmm. means that there is a quality control with a, a robotic that is checking that uh, all the reflection that uh, will all the, the sun that we reflect in the reflectors will we go directly to the uh, to the unique point uh, where this uh, uh, solar energy will transform in thermal energy. That is the pipe. So <clears throat> we assure assure that the, the production is made in a proper way um, in an automatic way, and we just bring the collector to the field and like an Ikea style, we put <laughs> the collector on top of the beams and we install very easily and quick, reducing the operation time. And how it will work, this uh, collector, while the, the sun will, will be on the sky. Uh, the collector uh, has a parabolic shape uh, where he has a, a reflector that will when the sun will uh, uh, touch the sun rays, will touch the reflector. <coughs> the reflector will reflect the uh, these uh, rays uh, in a receiver tube that is we call the magic pipe. This magic pipe is black with eight layers with special characteristic to absorb this uh, solar energy. While inside this pipe there is a media that uh, is water that is uh, taking all the energy from the sun rays and transforming the solar energy in thermal energy, uh, warming up the, 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 the water that is uh, uh, flow, uh, uh, in the tube. And is, this water is going through a solar central that is a pump station where there is a combination of uh, uh, it a changer or steam drum. It depends what you want to deliver to the end customer. And this is the balance of plant between the solar collector field and the industrial system. 
<coughs> and basically is working uh, like that with utilizing also a tracking system developed with uh, uh, Siemens that we are uh, tracking the uh, tracking the sun. But the most what we achieve the two years ago, uh, three years ago is the solar key mark certification that is very important because uh, we were the first uh, small parabolic trap certified by solar key mark that is the authority in Europe that give certifications to the solar technology. And thanks to this certification, our technology is bankable mm. because uh, there is a third uh, uh, part that check and see that yes, this collector is working and it's performing uh, at this, uh, uh, it's performing like with, with test. And thanks to this, we can access to uh, financial institution, which can uh, apply for some subsidies or grant <coughs> uh, uh, from uh, government, different government in, in Europe, but also uh, outside uh, Europe is a, uh, uh, is an ID that uh, we are uh, able to produce what we are saying. Mm -hmm. So very uh, important. So you've, in simple terms, you've taken that image of somebody lying on a beach chair with that reflective mirror in front mm -hmm. of their face and the phenomenon when I leave my garden hose out in the, in the yard and the water gets hot and you've put the two together and, uh, and you're basically putting um, long hoses out in the field and making very hot water or steam, right? And you're, you're concentrating it on those, on that. Yeah. Uh, um, wow. And so then how does that, how do you manage that with a host site? So presumably the host industrial site has hot water heaters or steam boilers. Um, talk to us a bit more about the tie-in between the host site and your, uh, yeah, your very, solar central. <clears throat> Uh, it's very important to, uh, like I say, and this is also one in dif one difference with uh, PV. Uh, when uh, a customer wants PV, they say, "Okay, I need to switch on and switch off a light." So, and PV, you need just to plug in without uh, uh, understand really how much time they are switch on and switch off the the. the the, uh, the electricity, because in the worst case, they can also set to the grid. But when you uh, have a solar thermal uh, plant, first of all, what you are producing, you need to produce for the, uh, uh, the, uh, the case that you are studying. You can just uh, say, okay, uh, the, the industry doesn't need the, the, the steam or the hot water, we can sell to the grid. You don't have grid. Right, right. Uh, so it's very important to, uh, to receive a, a, an accurate load profile from the customer, understand how they work, because out of our experience, and this year we uh, received 100 requests. So we studied 100 requests and up to 100 requests, there was zero that were constant load profile. Mm. So they, they are always different in the year, in the month, and in the week. Mm. 
working uh, 24-7 or five days on seven days. So you need to understand how the boilers room are working and match their, uh, the challenge is match the boiler profile with uh, the solar field. So the solar field needs to match the low profile. But if you don't know the low profile, you, you will never be able to offer a perfect business case for uh, the customer. So in the beginning is a really tight uh, teamwork between us and the customer to understand the behavior of the system okay. because it's not a plug-in system. Yeah, so. that makes sense. And and Carla, when we think about the space claim that your systems like occupy, like when I look at solar PV and you know, in, in my case, I drive to uh, Montreal and Coburg, you know, quite quite a bit. So I see these large solar PV areas, right? That are just they're ground-based systems that are, uh, you know, occupying a big space of land. What does it look like from a solar perspective? And can you is there a way to compare it from a kilowatt perspective, like kilowatt electrical versus kilowatt thermal, and give us a bit of an idea of how much space your system would occupy? Yes, <clears throat> and. Uh I, I give you so, some number. The, uh, when you have a very good uh, PV system, the efficiency of the PV system is around 15, 20% okay. from the uh, solar energy that uh, you can get. When you talk about solar thermal, including the heat losses, so I'm not talking about optical efficiency, but uh, I'm talking about uh, at the end, the efficiency of that you put together the heat losses during the, the piping and everything, you will have a system that will be uh, 50, 55%. Wow. So it means that uh, solar thermal in general, not I'm not talking about absodicon, I'm talking in general, is uh, double efficient than PV. What does it mean? That in theory, yeah, uh, uh, kilo megawatt installation, uh, kilowatt installation. You need half space for thermal compared to PV, right? Because the uh, thermal is two times minimum more efficient. Interesting. And from a from an installation perspective, what's more? I mean, I, I guess it would depend on the application, but what's more common? Do people typically install on rooftops? Do they install, you know, the ear systems on, on the ground? Like, what's the what's more common? Uh, when it comes to solar thermal, again, it depends on the technology of solar thermal. Yeah. <coughs> vacuum tube, they are uh, small vacuum tube, so they are very light, and that you can put wherever, and is almost a plug-in. But again, you will have a low temperature flat plate uh, also uh, when higher you go to the temperature uh, bigger will be the technology in solar thermal so uh, absolicon uh, for example is still a small parabolic trap and we can have the collector on the on rooftop also uh, and uh, uh, you can have a flat plate uh, a small parabolic trap and fresnel on a rooftop but when you go to higher uh, temperature technology into a thermal, uh, you you can do it because they are too big, so they are all all on uh, on ground. So let's say low temperature rooftop, no problem. Uh, 
medium temperature, uh, it depends on of the roof, and uh, higher temperature on ground. Okay, interesting. And uh, I, th I know the answer to this already, but I'll ask it anyways. Your technology can go ground or roof? Yes. Dep depending on, on how strong the roof is, obviously. Yes. But yeah. Okay. Mm. So so you have this great technology. Uh, we know based on DNI where best to do it. I mean, wh what are some of the barriers you're facing? We've talked about a lot of the good things. What are some of the barriers or the, the struggles that you're facing as you're trying to grow your technology throughout the world? Uh, right now is uh, the no the knowledge about the technology. Uh, the first uh, the the first thing for uh, four years ago when I start was to find a way to scream to the world. We have a solution mm -hmm. because n nobody uh, uh, know about solar thermal and the potential solar thermal. And still we are in the phase that we are educating, but it's much better, far much better than four years ago. Before the solar was PV, 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 PV. And now people are starting to understand it. Uh, but now people are starting to know, but you know, we are people and uh, everything that uh, is new, you need to gain the trust before you use it. So we are in the phase that uh, someone needs to know and who is knowing needs to gain the trust. And uh, it comes to the point that uh, it's a new market. So uh, we are now in the same period that where PV was 20 years ago. Mm. And 20 years ago, I remember when I started to work and I remember my ma management say, ah, we want, uh, they are offering PV. And what, what is PV? Eh, solar panel, uh, panel that are transforming the energy from solar to electricity. What? Ah, it's not possible. And we are in the same phase. And before, uh, uh, the, the, the tricky point was that uh, it was expensive. Why? Because nobody was buying this. There right. was no volume. So now a challenge is that uh, we are in the, in the beginning of, uh, of a phase where the, the price will go down as much, uh, as quick uh, as much we will grow the market. Mm. But the beauty thing that before PV was, uh, 20 years ago was very expensive uh, and was almost not competitive. He needed uh, subsidies in order to compete. Now, solar thermal is already competitive with gas. So what <laughs> happened in 20, what will happen in 20 years? It will be competitive against biomass. Interesting. Let's, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about that, Carlo, because I know that, you know, I visit a lot of our industrial clients in Ontario here. And if I sit in front of them, the first thing they're going to ask me for is a business case and a rough idea on what the payback of a system like this, you know, would be. So if we take, you know, Ontario as kind of the general region, you know, in Canada, mm -hmm. uh, we're looking at an industrial customer, whether it's hot water or steam, um, and, and we're factoring in the DNI factor and our carbon costs at going up to $170 a ton by 2030. What roughly, like where roughly does the payback land for a system uh, of yours, like yours? Uh, and uh, it depends. 
<laughs> I knew that was going to be the answer. <laughs> no, because is uh, again it, it, it depends from uh, uh, many factors. If I have a, without any subsidies, without any anything, but I have a constant uh, low profile to to, to feed. Uh, the payback is very easy. It could be from three, five years because wow. I, I, is a, I, I don't have to make any storage tank. I don't, I don't have what, as much as energy I can provide the customer, less will be the payback. Right. If I have a lot of waste energy, it means that my collector can produce, but I don't have the, the customer that uh, uh, we request. So this uh, uh, production of energy from our collector will not be used. This is a, a disadvantage for the, for the uh, business model. So it depends a lot from the low profile. And when we sorted out the low profile, we can need to check uh, the, uh, the fuel market on, on the country. And if I need to say now in, in Europe, how much is the pay, payback compared to natural gas? I think I can say less than five years. Why? Because the natural gas is a 50, 60 euro per megawatt hour now. And on top of this, there are carbon tax that now are 60 mm. euro per ton. And people, companies are starting to pay this now. But one year was not like this. Uh -huh. So uh, the world, the energy world is changing each two months now. So the answer that I can give you now in two months will be completely different. So let's say that if I have a low profile that I can make a, 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 a design that I can provide with really low waste, it, uh, it, it can be uh, five, five, five years. But if uh, we put the other uh, um, the scenario of the fuel uh, market uh, will be better or worse, depending on which uh, period we are talking about. But I guess ideally, your your customer, like the, the the customer you're looking for, is somebody who has a steady state thermal load. Ideally, twenty four seven. Really, that's the the best way. You no, can I, ideally, ideally is uh, only the working so stable the, the the best that doesn't exist but the best customer is uh, from working 24 20 you know seven days from yeah. eight in the morning to five in the afternoon aha uh -huh. okay okay when there is the sun right okay so a lot of the talk we're running into these days is, is this notion of electrifying everything Right. And in jurisdictions where the grid carbon profile is very clean, Ontario, uh, you know, some, you know, Quebec, many of the Canadian jurisdictions where we have a lot of, a lot of hydroelectric, a lot of nuclear, a lot of wind and solar. Everybody's saying, hey, we're all driving electric vehicles. We should be heating our houses with electricity and we should be heating our process plants with electricity uh and we are seeing some big investments particularly in universities to here in in canada and ontario to move to 
um, you know, significant dollars of, of electric heat. What's your take on electric, electrification of everything, electric boilers? Uh, does it, does it complement what you do? Does it compete? Is it all just blowing smoke? Which is ironic because there's no staff <laughs> with the, <laughs> that was not intentional. What's your view on electrification and electric boilers, Carl? Okay. I would share my view, and I need to say that I'm driving an electrical car, so I am for electrification also, so <laughs> I'm not uh, against. This is uh, the first thing. But <clears throat> I will answer from a uh, helicopter view and after scale down. So if you take the total energy consumption in the world, one-fourth is uh, electricity, one-fourth is transport, and half is it. So if we want to replace transport, that is one force, and heat that up with electricity that now is 25%. So now we are already facing some um, challenge because it means that we need to uh, uh, increase our grid of electricity four times, right? And now we are already facing some challenge to uh, give uh, more electricity because we have more electrical vehicle. And increasing the infrastructure of electricity four times, you don't do it uh, so quick. And uh, it has the cost. Uh, so it's a tricky thing to, if you want to replace everything from electricity. Because where we are now is that only 25% of our energy uh, needs is covered by, electri by electricity, only 25%, and we want to arrive to 100%. So it's a challenge, this. I think that the electrification, when it comes to it, that is half of the, our energy needs, is a super good support, especially for solar thermal. Why? Mm. Before, I was saying to you that my uh, best customer is the one that uh, is uh, uh, operating seven days from eight o'clock in the morning to uh, five, six in the afternoon. Why I didn't say 24 seven? Because my technology is not working when there is no sun. So I need some complementary technology that can uh, provide it when it's dark, when it's night. And electricity, when it's night, is cheap. Last week, I was charging my car in the night where there was a lot of wind, and they were paying me because the electricity was minus. Wow. Uh, there was wow. a surplus, surplus of demand. So think about one industry that uses solar thermal in the morning, in the night, night use electri electricity, where maybe sometimes can be also negative. Mm. Yeah. What will be the cost of energy for them? Yeah, very interesting. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed this podcast, uh, Carlo. I have learned literally so much. Um, maybe some of this is a bit of a repeat for Matt. I don't know, but uh, I hope our listeners got uh, some benefit uh, out of this. Have we missed anything? Do you want to touch? Do you want to you know talk about anything else that we may have missed throughout the podcast? No, I want just to highlight uh, the message that heat is half. 
and uh, uh, and we have a uh, solar therma is part of the solution to contribute uh, to uh, convert this uh, uh, energy needed uh, from over uh, uh, to replace fossil fuel to uh, a renewable <coughs> source as solar therma and solar therma is part of this solution is not the solution solar therma needs other solution in order to arrive to this 100% uh, uh, green. A solar therma is one of the solution. And if we combine in an intelligent way with other, we can have a very good uh, uh, combination and final result. But mm -hmm. we need to focus in different uh, technology and understand how to combine together. And there is not all, always the same uh, combination. It depends on the, the case. Yeah, that's a great reminder. And I think that's one of the reasons we do this podcast is, is we know that it's going to take uh, a slew of different technologies. If you're going to tackle this, you need a bunch of different uh, tools in your toolbox. And, uh, you know, it is a big challenge to overcome and solar thermal. Uh, it is our belief and it's obviously your belief as well. A solar thermal has a piece uh a role to play in the transition uh, as we go. So uh, this has been great. Um, our team is quite excited about what Absolicon is doing. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I teased it at the beginning. I'll tease it again. We, we have some exciting stuff coming down the pipe. So um, perhaps by the time this is out, that'll be a bit more public. But uh, anyways, uh, Carla, we thank you so much for carving out time. I know uh, I know pretty soon you have to go and uh, and uh, and be a dad again. So we appreciate that. If um, if folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to find you or find Absolicon? Uh, I know you have some great content out there. Uh, how how's the best play way for people to get in touch? Uh, to reach Absolicon, please go to our website absolicon.com, where also you can find uh, where to uh, reach me. There is my personal email, but you can also send. <coughs> email to sales at absolicon.com and if you want to reach me personally i am in linkedin i am very active in linkedin so just look for carlo semeraro at absolicon and you will find me in linkedin excellent thank you very much carlo once again and uh yeah we uh, we appreciate you being part of energy radio thank you Pat. thank you lisa it was a pleasure thank you for old Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Carlo. Uh, Lisa, as always, um, great questions. Uh, we really uncovered a lot uh, from Carlo today. So so thank you, as always, for setting this up. And welcome. Mark, thank you for uh, making us uh, sound good on behalf of everybody here at CEM. Thank you to our listeners uh, with Energy Radio. As always, uh, we welcome your feedback. Uh, you can hit me up at matt at CEMENG.ca or Lisa. Is, yep. it, is it still just Lisa? It's just Lisa, that's right. Just Lisa at, no, Lisa <laughs> at CEMENG.ca. Uh, send either of us uh, a note if you have feedback or suggestions for future guests. We'd love to hear about it. Until then, uh, stay safe and uh, think about adding more tools to your toolbox. Take care. <laughs>